Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can tell we've not done this for a while, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, we are recording now. Oh, well, amazing. All right, everyone. Uh, welcome to The One Where. I'm your host, Kyle. You knew that already. And on the buttons, we got Mooch. Hello. Hello, guys. You all right? Yeah, good. How are you? How's, um, how's, your, how's your Christmas and how's the family? Uh, very chilled. Very chilled Christmas. Um, family also very chilled. We all got COVID just before Christmas. Mm -hmm. uh, Lovely. So uh, we uh, just just hunkered down. It was a very mild one, so it was all good. All good. And uh, just a very, very relaxed Christmas where I cooked far too much food and we ate the same thing for four days. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Right, so loads of leftovers, turkey, everything, everything turkey. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. We, we went chicken. Uh, oh, good for you. Yeah, because it was just an easy one. And also, it doesn't taste terrible. Though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not a great cook, so um, like doing turkey well is hard. Mm. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's just dry. Yeah, you're right. So, All right, we'll call back to just you. like this chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll get you for that one. All right, later. no, no, it's my, me. I was, I was, I was self-deprecating. Not, not. Ah, me, not. okay. I'll let, I'll let you off for that okay. one. All right, cool. ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to the podcast, Mr. Victor Daniels. How are you, sir? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Ah, oh, man, no worries. How was your New Year in that? How was it? it was um, it was a quiet one. I just chilled. Mm. Um, didn't do nothing. I think I. I didn't even have a Christmas. I was ill. That was it. Oh, my days. What did you have? I thought it was COVID at first, but then I took the test and it wasn't. I just had the flu. So what? You mean the flu still exists? It does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only, only one in Britain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad you're here, man. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you're feeling better on that. So um, there's, there's a lot I, I kind of want to talk to you about because I've been following your page for a while. Oh. And you have taken online, since the whole thing started, mm. right? You have taken online comedy kind of by storm. Really? On, yes, wow. you have. Yeah, well, from my eyes anyway. So how was the transition like for you and what sparked what you do on your Instagram page? Well, um, we was all under lockdown. Mm. And just one, one morning, I just woke up and thought, I should just do some comedy videos. Mm. Literally, I just thought, let me do some comedy videos because now is the time when everyone's at home. So now you've got a bigger audience. Mm. And I just set myself, first of all, I set myself a challenge. I'm going to do one comedy reaction video every single day for one month. And I literally did it every single day. Anything that popped up on the news, a celebrity did something silly, any funny memes, I just spoke about it. Some of them were really, really funny. Mm. Some of them were rubbish. I even did one where I was rapping. Mm. <laughs> that lasted on my page for literally 20 minutes <laughs> and I thought this is really good I, like, I know a lot of my friends because I'm in a bit of older age bracket so I know a lot of my friends are watching it and thinking, so, so 25 yeah, You're yeah 25, I'm 25 yeah. <laughs> white hairs so, I know a lot of my friends are thinking you look absolute bonkers because <laughs> a lot of my friends ain't, don't do social a lot so I know they all think it's bonkers but as it started to keep going, I started to get lots of messages going, oh my gosh, it's so funny. And it even got deep, where mm. people were saying stuff like, oh man, this, this lockdown has been really depressing for me. So just watching your videos every day, it just gave me that laugh that I needed every single day. So keep up the good work. And it was those little messages that just kept me going. And I mean, on average, I was getting like a thousand views. At the max, I had 40,000 views. Wow for just these little memes. I was like, you wouldn't even get that in a comedy club. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and then it just and it just kept on going, kept on going, and I just kept on doing it. But now that we're out of lockdown, I don't do it as much. But I still do it, but just not as much. But that lockdown period was just an amazing. And now I think I'm up to. I, I started off one one a day for 30 days, and now I'm on. I think it's 200. No. Wow. Is it 200? Two? No, 300. I'm on 300. Holy mackerel. Yeah. That's insane. So, what's the dumbest thing you think you've had to cover? Oh, that's a good question. I've done this before, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. Or maybe not the dumbest thing. What's the most insane story that you think you've had to cover and comment on? Oh, there's so many. Oh, you put me on the spot. I don't know if it was the most insane, but one of the funniest ones for me is when there was the um, the protest mm-hmm. after the, the the young gentleman got murdered. Which one? There's a few. Oh, yeah, there's a few. <laughs> <laughs> What's the black guy in America? George Floyd. George Floyd. Yeah. And um, the police were trying to break it all up, and then there was someone on a horse. Oh yes. And then the yeah. horse just ran through <laughs> and hit the, the woman hit the, the traffic lights. <laughs> I sure enough. But I had to talk about that. One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was just that was insane. Or the one where the um, I know she was joking. But she was dancing to the WAP video in front of her parents. Oh no! Oh yeah! And, like she really went in, and I just had to get her man. <laughs> <laughs> and or when the lady was, um, she put him ice cream in the toilet, and she mixed it all. Oh up. Yeah. yeah! Oh my god! Because I remember seeing your video and White Yardie's video yeah. on that. I'm just like, why? Why would why? Clout. <laughs> that is right. You're of right. Course, of course, You're right. Of course. No one, no one does it for the flavour. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the toilet was clean. I'm sure it was a new toilet, but it just looks. We like so to, we wrong. like to hope. We like yeah, to hope. I hope. But like that's just kind of put me off eating at anyone else's house now. Yeah. Uh, it was just ridiculous. So that I think those are the kind of the few highlights or the digital carnival. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. But like we got, but like. She, to be fair to her, we're now talking about it how many months later? I know, but at what cost? <laughs> our souls and our yeah. dignity. <laughs> how many likes do you want? <laughs> we all want likes. Uh, Come on, man. Yes, actually. That would be great. Likes will be fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, it's, how, did you do anything to do with the Zoom comedy gigs or anything like that? Or did you just stick to the Instagram videos? No, nah, I did the Zoom. I did the Zoom comedy gigs. How did you find that? <sighs> <laughs> I did a lot of Zoom gigs. Oh God! <laughs> wow, I've never spoken so fast. A 20-minute set goes into two minutes. I <laughs> don't know what the hell's going on. And after, I was like, "Oh, that was really good." I'm like, "Really?" Because <laughs> on my end, <laughs> I'm sweating. Oh man, the pressure. Because you don't know, you don't know what the reaction is. Mm. So you just. Literally, you got your jokes, and you're just going to go, the end. <laughs> oh, God. Did you uh, do it? I, I didn't do any. I kind of abst- I just abstained, and I just kind of did this, but over, this yeah. nothing but over Zoom. But actually, I watched the King Gong, the first King Gong one. Oh, yeah. Um, I've got to say, and that was the best decision I think I've made, because that was such a beautiful car crash. Like, everything <laughs> that you thought could go wrong on a Zoom gig... Yeah. Went wrong on the went went wrong on the Zoom. So they gig. did a Zoom gig for King Gong. For King Gong. Yeah. So people were at home getting gonged off in their own yep, home. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, some people some uh, my friend Mark Nicholas, he won one he won one of them and oh, now he's really? getting regular he's getting regular work. So oh. I'm kinda of feel a bit of a dickhead for actually yeah. not at, for actually trying to stick into my stick into my guns. But yeah. you know. I'll be honest, they were a bit crazy, but it was an experience. Okay. So it it, it was crazy, but it was fun and you learn a lot because you really now have to think of your jokes in all the technicals, all the details. There's no, mm. your performance means nothing. It's what do you, what does the listener hear? So mm-hmm. if your jokes ain't on point, that Zoom kick is finished. Okay. So that was a, that was good. And and doing also doing the videos, it also helped my stand up because mm. now you you have to come up with new material. I was coming up with new material every single day, and a lot of those Zoom, a lot of those Instagram videos, I can now use them as comedy materials on stage. Okay. So that was a lot of people thought I was crazy, but I was actually practicing <laughs> my material through throughout lockdown. And you asked me what was the most craziest one. I just it just came to me. There was this one. The video itself didn't do that great, but for me, it has to be the craziest thing I ever seen. Mm. The guy was on a Zoom call with his work I don't know who these people were and the woman got angry with him and she told him to go and stand at the wall in his own house and face the wall and he did it (laughs) that was the craziest thing on his own Wi-Fi (laughs) he's standing at the wall looking at it I was like he's paying to be there yeah If this is this must be that Zoom dominatrix. <laughs> oh God! And everyone's watching it. I'm like, oh, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> That's just. So I saw you. I did see the, your reaction to that. Actually. Yeah. But that, like, no. Where? I mean, uh, there were no words for that for me. Like, just where are you? Where are your balls, man? Yeah. Where? Where are your balls? Come on. Yeah. Just turn your computer off. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like. That was ridiculous. But like, so how scripted were your Instagram videos? Oh, they were scripted. Okay. Like um. It, will, it could take me anything from an hour to five, six hours to really get in those jokes. Mm. And sometimes I'll perform it, put it out there, everyone's laughing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just missed a classic joke. Yeah. So I'll have to save that joke for another time, something similar will come up. So you, I don't, I don't, if you want to get the best reaction video, I don't think you could just look at it and react. Because I was watching a lot mm. of reaction videos, and a lot of it was people just laughing, smiling. I was like, no, no, we need content. So yeah. I'd sit down and just I'd write up um, nine jokes per per clip, mm. and I'll talk really fast because you've only got a minute. So as your has your Instagram video persona, uh, is that different from your stand-up comedy, your actual live stand-up persona? Well, I, I, I like to hope. Well, someone did actually tell me. They say that when I do live stand-up, it's a lot better than my Instagram videos, and I, of course it is because yeah. you've got an audience. You're doing anything from ten minutes to twenty minutes, so you've got more time. Mm. So. So I'd like to hope, because I know some people on Instagram, their Instagram is actually funnier than their stand-up. Yep. So... Can we mention names? <laughs> no, I see no. Names. Oh, no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, that's, that is, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Stop. But to be fair to them, when I was doing the Instagram videos, I did, I did, when we got back to doing stand-up, I did notice that there will be days where I can do an Instagram video and then when I go do stand-up, it was a little bit weaker mm. or when my stand-up got a bit stronger, my Instagrams became a little bit weaker. Mm. There's a lot of there's a lot of things going on in your mind to balance. There's a balancing act going on. Mm. So it's about finding that balance and it is, because like I said, I've done a lot less, but that's because I've been doing a lot more stand-up. So there's a balancing act going on there. So to be fair to anyone who's got a strong Instagram but struggling, 
uh, doing it on stand-up. I mm. think there is a problem there. Okay. Do If we do go back into lockdown, right? God forbid we don't, obviously. Mm. But do you think you'll find it easy to transition back to the Instagram videos? Yeah, yeah. Because my, my, all my mind would be just on those Instagram videos. Mm. I think I'll find it easier. That's good, man. That's cool. But hopefully we won't have, have to do that again. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but you have, again, now that we come out of lockdown and that, and the comedy starts going back up, you've, you've kind of taken it by the balls, really. Like, I like to think so. Yeah, <laughs> you have. Like, you've got, like, how did the comedy store, the comedy store gig, how did that conversation start? Well... Before lockdown, I started this show called The Bangers mm-hmm. with Junior Booker, Max the Comedian, and it was started off in Streatham. Mm-hmm. And from the first gig we did, it just sold out. Yeah. And then it was like, um, and that's 120 people. And then we just kept on going. And then I, and then, I mean, the comics, they said they did me favors, but when I'm having to sell a kidney to pay you guys, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't feeling the favor. But I wanted the best show. Yeah. So I literally, I, I, I never looked at people as my friends. I didn't say, right, you're my friend, so come do this show. No. I literally, when I was on the circuit, I'd watch a comedian. I'd go, oh, my gosh, you're now in my thought process. And I'd yeah. just try and book them. Mm. And we've had s- such amazing shows. And like we got, do you know Willie Robo? Willie Robo, yeah. Yeah. He came on. I'd never seen anything like it. Really? He blew the... He blew the room away. I mean, so, you know, have you seen Willie Rowe perform? I've seen his Instagram and stuff. I haven't seen his... Oh, okay. actual, actually, wait, no. He's come down to healing. I've seen him before. I've yeah, seen yeah, him before, he, yes. He used to live here. Yeah. I mean, some women walked out. It was it was explosive. Really? But, what, wow. So what um, what, what kind of... What, about blowing off his spot, blowing off his material, right? Was it... What kind of, sex. Nice. Okay. There Anything we go. controversial, <laughs> he didn't care. Good. But it was so funny. Even when the women walked out, I didn't care. I just went up to him and said, look, I'll give you a free ticket for the next show. But yeah. he had... To, so then we got him back. Mm. He had to do part two. It was that funny. Okay. So the show just went on, went on, went on. So we got to about 10 shows. Every show sold out. I mean, we did... The Black History Month, just before lockdown, I don't know what I was thinking. I think I booked everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we had Felicity Ethnic, I went oh. on, Darren Griff. Oh, my God. Um, Fumbi, Shaba, Mr. Blair. We closed with Tricks from Canada. Okay. The show was meant to finish at 10.30. What time did it finish? 12.30. Oh, uh, re- yeah, because you put it on Facebook. Yes. <laughs> I remember, I remember, I didn't know that that was your show, but yeah. I remember you putting up a status saying, "Damn, this was meant to finish this uh, this at this time." I'm only just walking out of the club now, but holy, man, what time did you actually get on? Was it like a like half twelve? Well, we start, we started around eight thirty. Really? It was just comedian after. They were doing their Netflix specials. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be allowed at Vauxhall? <laughs> <laughs> No, no. <laughs> it's, I wouldn't mind it, but it's a nightclub as well. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they kick off went like the yeah the the amount of time we've I've uh, I've been wronged for being ten minutes late. It's fucking yeah. nightmare. Oh. I, got, I mean, I got in trouble. I mean, this was a proper theater. Really, Stratton Theater space, proper theater. I mean, I got in so much trouble. But it was worth it. Oh, it was worth it. Wow, what a show! So we just went from strength to strength to strength to strength, and then someone said to me, "You should." Um, try and get a, a bigger venue. Mm. I was like, hmm. So what I first did was, 
rather than go for a bigger venue, what I did was for our February show, I said, right, we'll do it Friday and Saturday. That's smart. Yeah. And we got like some big hitters, Kevin J, K Curd, Fumbi, Felicity Ethnic's back, mm. Darren Griff. You got we got your voxel favourite, Craig. Craig. Uh, He's coming that, on the bill. Daniel Craig. I mean, not Daniel Craig. <laughs> <laughs> not Daniel Craig. Uh, don't be, we've not had Daniel Craig down <laughs> <laughs> He's coming down. And also we um fingers crossed, but we're working with Next Up. Ah. So they're gonna come and film it, fingers crossed. When I speak to them next week, just hope the deal's nice. Mm. So they're gonna come and film it. So I was like, okay, okay. And then I was at the comedy store. I was like, hmm. This this it's the comedy stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we don't actually have a black or urban, whatever you want to call it, a comedy show in the West End. Mm. So I just went up to him and said, would you mind if we bring the bangers in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> what? That, that, that kind of raises a... Congratulations for that. But that does kind of raise a bit of a question for me. Like, why... And this, is, this has been something that's bugged me for years and years, mm. right? Urban... The word urban to me just means you live in a city. Yeah. Right? Why has it been just now come? Why has it become? Why is it now synonymous with being black? That's the that's in I, your opinion. Why do you think? I think urban is an easier way to sell a black show. Yeah. But because remember, when you say a white show, you don't call it a white show. You, you call, call it mainstream. mainstream. Yeah. So why not call a black show urban? That's true. But also saying that, as I was doing the black shows, I started to notice something. Um, white people were coming to it. Yeah. And they were enjoying it. And I thought to myself, it's cool to have a black show, mm. but let us, let's call it an urban show. Yeah. And get white comedians who are comfortable performing in black audiences. So yeah. you've got an actual urban show. So you've got black and white comedians. I mean, if I've got four comedians on the bill, I'll never have three white guys and a black guy. It'll no. always be at least three black guys and a white guy just to keep that. Yeah. But, yeah, I think a nice mixture of different races performing mm. to a largely black audience can work as long yeah. as they can perform to a black audience. Not all white comedians can perform to a black audience. They're not used to it. That's fair enough. But, and that's fair. Because when I look at a mainstream gig, I think to myself, if I was running the comedy store, I'm not going to book three black guys and a white guy to come and perform in front of a white audience. Mm. Not that they can't do it, Yeah. but it just doesn't look right. And it, I don't think it will be attractive to a white audience. Mm. Same way three white guys and a black guy wouldn't be attractive to a black audience. Yeah. So I don't blame any of the mainstream gigs for not for, for not booking more and more black acts. I actually understand that. But what I would say is more black promoters, it's nice to have venues in Streatham, Hackney, Brixton, mm. but we do need a few in the West End just to give it that. Just so it's not too fringe. Yeah. So that you're actually black people can now travel to the West End mm. and perform. So that's one I asked the comment. I don't know if you know this, I don't know if you know this, Victor, but there are also black people in the, we- in the actual West <laughs> yeah. End. <laughs> yeah, but I have no way. In terms of comedy... They'd have to travel out. To, yes. Yeah. yeah, I get it. I do get it. They don't it. have nowhere to go to the West End to yeah. watch black comedy. Yeah. So why not put a black comedy in the West End. That's true because we got black theater in the West End, in the West End. We got yeah. bloody Tina Tur- we got Tina Turner, we got um all the we got all the other day um Hamilton. It? Hamilton. Yeah, that's it. Um we've got uh what's her name? Uh singer Beverly Knight doing uh, Beverly Knight doing every, doing shows like every every yeah. every year. Like so why not black why not, why not black comedy? And at the moment I also feel that um black comedy is actually on the rise. 
Mm. With everything that's going on in the world, yeah. people actually want to hear what black comedians have to say. Uh, yeah. Well, but that was uh, I've got that begs another question for me. Doesn't that because uh, for for me, right? Because I've grown up with both halves. I'm mm. mixed race. Um, for me, black culture has always been main. Is, I've always seen black culture, whether it be rap music or the types of movies or whatever else. Black culture is mainstream. Black culture is mainstream. Mm-hmm. So that, what? So that's why I kind of figure out. Uh, well, what? I still struggle to think. I'm still. It puzzles me as to why that's not seen as mainstream. Why? Why the comedy scene in the UK has been so slow to kind of pick up what to pick up on that because it's. It's how it looks. Mm. If you if you went to a Chinese restaurant, yeah, and the chef comes out and he's a black guy, you be like, that has happened before. <laughs> <laughs> that has happened before. It's just gonna look weird to you. It's yeah, just, it's just not gonna sell. So Bruce Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he comes out, then yeah, I know that special fried rice is cooked correctly. <laughs> oh, but if you shit. go to yeah. Nine Nine Club, and you see three black comedians and a white guy. The white audience, they might laugh, but it's just not. I think it's also it's it's about relatable content sometimes. Yeah, you know? yeah. So like, uh, uh, and and I may be speaking um, on on a subject I don't know because I haven't been to a lot of too many sort of speak on urban, it, speak on it, gigs, But hey, it's never stopped uh, white guys before. <laughs> <laughs> Is I just think that if you if it's a it's I mean I I used to do a pod with uh, sort of the quotas full guys and they would say there's certain gigs where they have to mix up their material. Mm. So like mm. if it was like a, a Africa versus Versus Caribbean or Africa versus Jamaican yeah. show, yeah. like uh, there's so much uh, of the humour that you won't get unless you've grown up in that culture. Yeah. It's kind of like it's it's, uh, but they, they also said that you know they switch up their set when they go to and do something uh, a bit more mainstream, as yeah. you say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, I think it's um, certain people have grown up in that culture yeah. and and they get that mm. and they sort of will, will the, those jokes will resonate a bit yeah. more. I think it's more for the black promoters to yeah. pull it into the West End yeah. rather than waiting for the white promoter to Agreed. pull it into the West End. That, it's just how it goes. It's, it's, it's a visual. Yeah. I did a show once um, recently at um, Fuzzy Bear in Windsor and they had three black comedians on, myself included, and a white comedian. I'm not saying that the audience didn't enjoy it, but it did look a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is this, a diversity program? <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I've done, I did a gig in Windsor and Windsor and Eton where it was, well, we had a black, um, what's his name? Uh, Denise Chaponda okay. headlining and I was the only white person of colour in the um, in the room. And yeah, I do kind of, I do see where, I do see where, you, see where you're coming from because whilst, they enjoyed it. They enjoyed my set, and they loved it. They loved him, obviously. Mm. Would they have turned? Would they have turned? The question is, would they have turned out if it wasn't that? If if the lo- if the if the pictures on the poster didn't look like look, look like yeah. they did. It just it just looks weird. I wouldn't if I if I'm putting on a, a black or urban show, mm. booking three white guys to and telling black people to come and watch this. It's, it's not gonna work. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's not gonna work. A bit, Boring. Yeah. I must say they won't find it funny. But no. Just, okay. Just it, it just wouldn't. It might not sell as much. It might not sell like he wanted it to. Yeah. It must be sell to white people. Yeah. Exactly. Black gigs now turn into another mainstream gig. <laughs> but like you got the comedy store. So when is all that kicking up? When's all that kicking off? So we've got that on the April 18th. It's mm-hmm. my, like, 
myself, Curtis Walker, Axel. Curtis Walker, man, that is. He did the bangers um, December. Got a standing ovation. I'm gonna try and get him on here. I'm gonna try and get on, get him on here this um, this year as well. Oh, yeah, you got him, man. He's just the guy's. He we he. He's been going for so long, but he somehow manages to stay stay relevant every single year. It's, mm. it's, it's genius. Yeah, like is Quincy gonna be coming on to your show? Of course, Quincy's done the bangers. He killed it. Yes, good man, good man. What about Mr. C? Yeah, definitely. Amazing. Tried to get him on, but the feet was a bit high. <laughs> 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 oh man, you mean he's not doing it for pennies anymore? No, no? Oh, no I couldn't, but... get, couldn't get it for ten p in a bottle. Oh man, all right, that's good. So let's get to what we came here to talk about. Sure. Um, a little show that you may or may not have heard of, a little indie show, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, <laughs> little one. Just a little one. I mean, it's the show that just—it's kind of like a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Because, like, no matter how many times you watch it. Right, there's always something new that you can pick up yeah. on. Like there's little nuances in the performances, there's one-liners, and it. When did you start watching it? I'd be, this is this is this still blows my mind. Mm. I went to Oakland, California, years ago, mm. and I watched the first ever episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air in Oakland, California. Ah, oh, mate. And when I came back to London, that first episode aired. <laughs> Mate, wow. I was like, wow. And I also watched House Party in the cinema. <laughs> Sick. Sick film. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And Harlem Nights on cable. Wow. <laughs> I am so, I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> I couldn't, my brother reminded me, though. I was like, oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. So, what was it like watching it in that time in Oakland? I loved it. As soon as, as soon as he as soon as it kicked off, I remember he came in with the hat twisted back. He had yeah. a tuxedo, doing some silly little dances. I was like, this is genius. I, I didn't say genius as a kid, but I said this is funny. Yeah. Straight away, I knew it was funny. Yeah. And it just got better and better. It actually just one of the only series I've seen that maybe Fraser, but only one of the first series I've seen where it just gets better, mm. and better every episode. Agreed. The performance, the writing, art. Everything agreed. Like, as I've watched a lot of American sitcoms, right? Mm. Usually, around about season three or series three or whatever, right? That's when you start to see a dip. Yeah, not with this. No, I don't know how they've managed to do it, but they just keep the, the writing is consistently good, yeah, consistently on point. The performances don't drop, if anything, they keep improving, mm. and the storylines are just for not are just phenomenal, yeah. And I think as well, I don't know if all sitcoms do that. Actually, I don't think all sitcoms do that. Normally, mm. all sitcoms have about three plots. Yeah. Now, with The Fresh Prince, what I noticed was there were like three or four plots in one episode, and then in another episode, they just got one plot. Yeah. So that mixture of different types of writing just kept us going, unknowingly yeah. going. And I just thought that was just genius. Mm. Well, they what they do is they'd have, they'd have the one plot, but they'd have... The characters doing different things yeah. to further that to further that plot. Yeah. Like with the with the three episode arc with um what's his name uh, Shelman Hems when Shelman Hemsley mm. did the did a guest star from um from the Jeffersons and he played oh. um he played um the Judge Judge Robinson yeah. yeah um they had Hillary coming in and out doing her thing they had Will kind of trying to just oh well 
Will sort of disrupting, mm. so Will sort of trying to disrupt things, and Carlton trying to get endorsements from every single, yeah. uh, every single person from the, who's right, of, who's right of centre in America. Yeah. Whilst Will was, whilst um, Uncle, well, Uncle Phil was going through, was going through his beef with jo- mm. with Judge Robertson. And the cameos that that Judge Robertson, I think that's one of the best cameos I've seen. Oh, he's brilliant. He, there was one one part of it. He literally just comes in the house <laughs> and walks up. <laughs> Get out of my house! Yeah, and tell everybody get out of their house. This is Gene. And when he went into the fridge and got the pie. Yes, pie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like no one, the, the genius of that, the genius of that was that like no one reacted to him. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even a joke. No, that's it. You like, might have missed it. Yeah, that's it. No one. No, but and the thing is, if you had just come in to watching that, if you had just come in at that moment on the sitcom, you wouldn't know that wasn't his house. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Absolutely genius, but Sherman Helmsley, man, like what a performer! Oh, he killed it. Like even in like because even in the, like, the All in the Family days and the Jeffersons, like he mm. has been consistently like physical and yeah, oh amazing and sharp. And oh yeah, I, I, I could tell they didn't write that in. I could tell it was him. <laughs> yeah, when he said that the woman's pregnant. Yeah, she needs to lose a bit of weight. And he was like, Prick. And there was something about the beer. I was like, You've aged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, when he when he yes. when he first saw the um the daughter. When he saw Hillary, Hillary, yeah. And he thought that was the wife. Yes. Oh, he Hillary, Hillary. Philip, your wife gets younger every year. <laughs> that's my daughter. Was like, Turns around, that's my wife there. You've aged. <laughs> Genius. Oh, um, he. I didn't realize how short he was. Yeah. Until that, until I started re- until I rewatched it, but and then when he has to get up onto the seat, the, onto the seat, yes, <laughs> brilliant. Ah, oh, the guy's a legend. But then again, everything in that show, like even though it's they are technically it is a bog standard sitcom, like they, the way that they use physicality, yeah, to emphasize the performances and to emphasize the jokes. On so yeah. it's. I can't think of another one where it's been done to that degree of recent in recent memory. And you see that that episode where Carlton slides on the floor. Yeah. But they break the fourth wall. Yeah. <laughs> that for me is one of the most funniest things I've ever seen on telly. Where he runs around, where he runs around the audience. He runs around the audience. That was completely unscripted. It's unscripted, yeah. Yeah. Like no one knew he was yeah. going to do that. That's... That was hilarious. And I saw Will at the end. He, Will had to get involved. Yeah. The only thing I didn't really like about Fresh Prince, Will always has to get involved in the best gags, but... Yeah. Fair enough to see Shout Out. It is technically... It technically, technically is a show. But that was just genius. And some of the cameras... Did you notice... Um, they were doing some type of protest and they wanted to go to the news mm-hmm. and they were speaking to the lady on the, on the desk. Yes. Did yeah. you notice who she was? Who was it? Fraser, the woman, I've forgotten her name. So you got Miles, you got you got Fraser, and you got the woman, and she's a radio broadcaster. I know who you mean. It's her. Oh shit! Like this, I think you. This is the first time I think I've one of the few times I've actually been stumped by a, by a guest on a sitcom. This is <laughs> wow. Well done to you, man. Well, that's that's amazing. Like, oh my god, I didn't realize. Genuinely didn't realize She's, that. She completely kills it. Hilarious. Oh. oh my god. I couldn't believe. It. I was like, oh my god, that's that's the one for Razor. Yeah. I just couldn't think of it. I still can't think of her name, but no. I know it's her. Um, but like almost every actor from a black sitcom. Has made made an appearance on the Fresh Prince. 
and and to comical effect. Yeah, it wasn't just there. Blah, blah, blah. They did. They were needed. The yeah. only one, the only one I didn't like. I mean, it's just because I'm not a fan of his Chris Rocks. I just. I can't, okay. What's your? I feel the same way. What's you're not a fan of him? I'm not really a fan of him. Okay. I, I wasn't a fan of the cat. I mean, I loved him when he did him. I'm get you sucker. Yeah, I'm gonna that, get you sucker. Yeah. That yeah. Was the most hilarious thing. One of the most hilarious scenes with the with the chicken wing. Yeah. But he's seen in Fresh Prince when um, he dresses up as a woman. Yep, yep, agreed. No, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the dressing up of the woman, none of that. I'm just saying it just didn't... Hit right. It just, didn't, it just wasn't funny. Nah, that is... Well, that's... To me, that's part of a bit... That's part of a big... That is part of a bigger thing. Mm. Because there's the whole... I'm not talking about conspiracy theories about it's like the dresses like the devil oh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, there is... In mainstream in mainstream media, there is the emasculation of black men. Yeah, yeah. So, and even Will Smith did it in The Fresh Prince. Mm, and Carlton. Carlton did it too. Mm. Yeah, when he was getting his when he was getting the dress fit. Yeah. <laughs> which um yeah which, well, that surprised me more than and I did find that funny. But again, yeah. it's about the emasculation of black yeah. the emasculation of black men. And there's a lot of smacking on the bums. I noticed that as well. So. No, don't really need that. No, we don't need that. No, we really don't. <laughs> it's not really black culture. No. <laughs> I think it's not really any culture. Like, like, yeah, it's true. It's not, not no, really. I'm speaking Essex, but. <laughs> <laughs> or football lads. <laughs> but, but then. Well, uh, it is one of those things where, like. We can bypass it. We can bypass We can kind of bypass it, but at the same time, it is something that does need to be addressed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I can't think of a black comedic actor comedic right who hasn't had to put on a who hasn't had to put on a dress that's other than cat williams oh that's a good shout i don't think he has no he hasn't um because i heard him on the jamel hill podcast yeah. very recently and that's he attributes saying no to a lot of things as to why he isn't as big as white well he also got knocked out by a 12 he did yeah <laughs> that was genius got not knocked out by a 12 year old and also shouting off the mouth by, about almost every other com- yeah. every other comedian doesn't care no <laughs> he makes hating cool yeah <laughs> yeah but you look at all of them you got martin lawrence yeah. you got um will smith yeah um C- chris rock um, who else? I think Anthony Anderson might have done it as well. Yeah. yeah. But you've got even Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle did, yeah. I was Robin, shocked. Robin Hood Men in Tights. I couldn't believe it. I of all of the ones that I thought wouldn't do it, Dave Chappelle. I was like, mm. oh, they got Dave. No. <laughs> um, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Um, a couple of times actually. He seems to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's his idea. <laughs> Am I out of dress? Yeah. Nope. I'm not doing. I'm not doing it. No. He's a dress. Damn it. <laughs> it's a drama. I, I said. I said. Get, get me in the dress. Yeah. <laughs> it's not in the script. No. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But then, like, it's weird because Dave, Dave Chappelle, right? He, I remember like a few uh, years and years ago. Mm. He must have been. Uh, it would have been on. It wouldn't have been Oprah. What is it? Oprah or something? One of those yeah, other yeah. shows, right? Where he was talking about um, Blue, his character in Blue. He was talking about um, oh, Blue Street. Lee, Martin. Martin Lawrence, Lawrence, right? He's talking about filming Blue Streak. Yeah. And he was in his and he was in the trailer. Producer comes in and he goes, uh, yeah. uh, Dave, you know, uh, we really ruined the script and uh, it's it's hilarious, right? Yeah. We're gonna get your character out of prison and uh, the re- they're gonna be in the, he's gonna be in the skies and it's hilarious, right? Mm. He'll be in a dress. As David Spell's like, nah, no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah. Then, but then everyone from the production team basically comes in and tries to convince him, mm. and he says no. Yeah. Yeah. 
he's already done it. He's already done it. But, did, he, did he do it before the interview? Before the, he did it before the interview because Robin Hood Men in Tights was like 95, oh, 96. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so maybe yeah. he kind of saw sense from that, but... Too late. <sighs> no point mentioning it. No, that's it. <laughs> no, no wonder Oprah was looking at him weird. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen you in the dress. As, David, I've seen you in the dress. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I started to think, have I not... Have, am I seeing things, but... I've only seen the picture of him in the dress. I haven't actually seen the film. Robin Hood Men in Tights. I mean, it's very brief, right? But... It's a dress. It is there, yeah. But to be fair, it, it is the emasculation of black men, but... White actors do it. Well, yeah, then that also begs the question, why are they allowed to do it? And why are black men not, why are, why are black comedians aren't allowed to do well, it? You are, but everyone's yeah. allowed to do it. No one's not allowed to do it. I, I know, I know, I know legally you're allowed to do it, but it's like, a so, it's a social and cult, it's a social and cultural thing. I think what it is, is um, with the white culture, they've embraced men in dress homosexuality a lot quicker yeah. than the black culture. Okay. And because and black, White people have always been in Hollywood, so they've always worn the dress. Mm. So when black people started to get into Hollywood, that's when they now have to be introduced to the dress. Okay. So watching black men in dress for us is, is still kind of a new thing in the last yeah. 20 years. Whereas with white people, they've been... I, I mean, I saw Brad Pitt in a dress. But then again, some of some some of the best black guys in dresses, RuPaul... Yeah. <laughs> they smash that shit. Yeah. If you're gonna do it, do yeah, it. They do yeah, it well. that's it. <laughs> Go all out. Just don't yeah. half do it. That's goat, it. The yeah. goat. Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, I watched the sitcom. I don't know what it was. And the... I thought you were gonna say I watched Drag Race. <laughs> Funny enough, I watched Drag Race recently. <laughs> I watched the sitcom. Uh, no, it was a film actually about a black comedian, and he said, "I'm not wearing a dress. I'm not wearing a dress." And then he imagined himself in the dress. I was like, I know you're saying you're not wearing the dress. But then he wore the dress. But then you the, wore the dress. Yeah. <laughs> what film was that? Do you know? Do you know there's a comedian who could do everyone's voices? Uh, Jay Farrow. He's got a film about being a stand-up comedian. Oh, was it the five minutes of fame thing? Was it the two minutes of fame thing? I'm not sure, but it's very funny. Okay. Brilliant, actually. Cat Williams is in it as well. Yeah, two minutes of fame. Yeah, two minutes of fame. Brilliant yeah. film. But I was like, you've imagined yourself in the dress, and we've seen you in the dress. Yeah. So you've worn the dress. So there's no yeah. point saying I'm not going to wear the dress. Yeah. So there's another one. Tracy Morgan's another one as well. Tracy Morgan, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Right. I genuinely, it's, there's, it's an, it's, I don't think Patrice. Patrice? No. <laughs> Patrice in the dress. <laughs> but he never reached those heights. No. And that's why he, and yeah, he didn't do as the mainstream yeah. said, God lot and God bless him yeah. for Richard, it. Did Richard Pryor? Richard Pryor wore a dress. He wore a dress. Dude, he was like sucking, he was um, sucking Mana Mana's dip. Yeah, yeah. I said he enjoyed it. He said he could yeah. <laughs> and he talk about it on stage. He's like, yeah. yeah, I suck a dip. Come on. <laughs> Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Oh, I remember the about? Come what on. What am I talking about? He My brother, come on. He played, no, yeah, he's, he's done, yeah. He, he wanted to wear the dress. Yes. I mean, when, you, when you play a film, when you're everyone in a film, you're yeah. going to have to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you play every character. Funny enough, that, what's that one where he, is it Norman? The Clumps. Oh, no. Was it that Norbit? One? Which one? Like, he's done a lot of fat black women. Yeah. You need to be specific. The fat black woman who's angry. Yeah, Norbit. That one, forget comedy, that one was kind of spooky. That was... <laughs> it got spooky to oh, me. She man. was so aggressive. I was like, no, nah, this is kind of... <laughs> that was borderline... Min For me, that was... It was a bit disturbing. A bit disturbing. And it was also borderline minstrel showish. Yeah. And I hate using that term. Yeah. But... Because, like, just knowing who, looking at who 
um, the people who were directing it and producing it, mm. and it was just yeah, it just did not sit. Norbit did not sit right. With I didn't me. like it. No, but luckily he's well, he's not doing that. Nonsense I'll tell you anymore. one who's never worn a dress. Go on then, Perry, Tyler Perry. <laughs> 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 he invented <this>. again, <laughs> again though. A bit like the RuPaul thing. Mm. He goes, he goes for oh, it. Goes like, for and it. his, I, I will, I, I hate to do this, but I kind of give Medea a pass. I don't think, but I, I, I see Medea as an, as an, as an actual person yeah. because that is. He's done it. He's gone. He's, gone. he's done. Yeah, and he did it better than. And I got to say, he did it better than Martin Lawrence did. But I've never liked any of his films. Never liked any of his films. Nothing. What, you never find him funny or you never... Or I you don't never... find him funny. Fair enough. Just, I don't know something about him. I just, I just don't get it. Uh, Keenan and Pell, have they worn a dress? I don't know. Keenan Keenan, uh, and Kel. Not Keenan and Kel. I know they've worn a dress. The yeah. other two. Key and Peele. Yes. They've yeah. Worn a dress. They did sketch comedy. Yeah. Come on, they got yeah, yeah. probably got to wear... I mean, I... Um, I haven't seen it. One of them, what was... I remember in Reno 911, he plays uh, the crackhead. All yeah. the time and like hilarious character. So I'm sure he's 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 ended up in a in oh, okay. some sort of questionable outfit. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen him. Like they've done everything. They played the they play a gay couple, they done the dress, they done literally yeah, they've done everything. I, if you're but in sketch fun. comedy, it kind yeah. of, you're kind of gonna there's gonna be a sketch where and there's two guys, yeah. you're gonna need to play a girl eventually. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. They've worn the dress so much that now we think a guy playing a girl is the norm, but you see uh, it on you uh, see it on you, on Instagram videos and stuff now. Someone will just put a pair of pants on their head to be to be a woman. I know, but if you go back twenty years ago, before mm. men were wearing before black men were wearing dresses, you wouldn't we wouldn't we wouldn't do that. No, but because they've been doing it in Hollywood for so much, it, it has actually worked. It's desensitized us to it. But I, but I mean, it, like, but then I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't. Maybe dresses were worn back in the day. I mean, I, if you look at Arab cultures, there's kind of like. And and there are you know North African or, or African mm. Arabs, um, they kind of wear dresses. But ain't that more religious and it's just it's just it's hot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't blame them, man. Yeah. <laughs> but so I'm just saying it's just like it's a, it's more of a more. I don't I don't think there was the stigma about it back in the day or or in certain. It's just it's just a cultural thing. Yeah, but in mm. in Britain and America, a black man wearing a dress wasn't unheard of. I mean, yeah. we grew up with Budgie Banton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We couldn't, we couldn't wear it just because oh. just of Budgie. <laughs> he will see it. And yeah, he will, see, and he, will, he will find where you live <laughs> yeah. and call man down. Yeah. So we couldn't do that. So I think the black man wearing a dress in Hollywood has actually worked. I wouldn't say it's been normalised. I just think it's, I think not enough. I think people aren't, they're just letting it slide now. It's just like they understand that those people, that that's what, that's what those people do. I know, but if you go on Instagram... Yeah. Guys are wearing it. I, I know. I, I know. saw a sketch yesterday on Instagram hmm. where the guy was getting head from a man. I'm sorry, what? Oh, yeah, what? yeah, I know him. What? Another guy, Yums. Yes. Funny, though. That was, it was hilarious. <laughs> Funny, though. <laughs> but that is unheard I'm of. So, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so it was the, the sketch is, um, so it's, it, the, the, the title is, like, when your girls... girls with, um, got a gay friend. Got a brand new gay best friend, and uh, you have to test it basically. Yeah. So like, so like, it, it, hilarious. It was hilarious. Uh, he hilarious. Do you know what, lads, I'll but take I it. I saw I'll that and it. I was just like, oof. They took, it, they took it down. What? Instagram took it down. What? Yep. Instagram took it yeah, down. He, yeah. 
He must have got a complaint from Buju. <laughs> <laughs> nah, <laughs> take that down. Uh, I saw, I saw the one of the funny one was years ago, um, and it was like a, a remix of Buju Banton. Um, so it would basically, you know how like, uh, what's that guy who does all the mixtapes and he sort of has Boris Johnson doing singing some songs. Um, cassette boy, cassette boy, kind of a cassette boy okay. styles thing, and it was I'm buju, I'm gay, I'm gay, okay, I'm buju, I'm gay, I'm gay, okay. What about two money in a bed? What do I like? Two money in a bed. Like it was one of those like original vid you like yeah. with like uh, techno Viking and all of that like uh, chocolate rain stuff back in the day. I can't find it. Like it, buju has erased it from uh, yeah. from, from, from from the internet. I don't know. How how they've done it. I'll, I'll do a Reddit post. I'm sure someone will drag it up. Please do. But it was hilarious. That is funny. <laughs> but I wouldn't say, as I said, I don't think it's been normalised. But like, I think still, because those people are still kind of frowned upon. No, no, when I, say, feel, when yeah. I say normalised, I mean, if you're a black comedian performer mm. and you decide to wear a dress, no one's going to go, oh, you should wear a dress. In the comments, they do. Oh, in the comments. In the comments, bro. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a bit in the comments. Yeah, but it's still... Yeah. I've seen comedy sketches where guys are wearing dresses. Yeah. And it's getting a lot of love. You know, really? Oh, fair yeah. enough. A lot of love. Maybe I'm just out of touch then. That's the bit. <laughs> no, I, I can believe there's still Bujibantan disciples in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, it's, it's getting a lot of love. All right, well... I mean, that guy well, wasn't scared to do a sketch... And a, and a man's giving him oral. He didn't think in his mind, I'm going to get in trouble for this. Nah. He thought, and he's young. So it just shows. I suppose you're right. The synthesization is working. Yeah. Well, God, well, from, and for the most part, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite Aunt Viv? That's easy. I think it's so easy. Go on, then. Go on then. Janet. Janet. Has to be. Yeah. Not to say that other one did anything wrong. Yeah. Salute to Daphne Reed. Yeah. She did her. She did her thing. But she was the first one, so you kind of grow up. You got an emotional attachment to her. Yeah, that's true. So when they brought in the next one, it was like, oh, where's Janet? Yeah. <laughs> the way they introduced Daphne Reed though oh, was genius. genius. With yeah. like with jazz, just looking at her, Miss Max, and having a baby. There's something different about you. <laughs> <laughs> that type of writing is just genius. Ah. Oh. Um, what do you think? Uh, this is something that I noticed, like re like when I started rewatching again for this. Mm. Do you think that there's issues of colorism in the show? Ooh, I don't think there's issues of it, but I do think they touch on it. Okay, I'm just trying to think of some episodes, but I'm sure they did touch on it because I was watching it right and. The light-skinned black people in the show are often seen as the ones who are acceptable within society, right? Mm -hmm. Like you know the bank, like the banks is Bar, Car Bar Carlton in the latest in the yeah. last late. Well, wait, no, Bar ja um, Janet Hubert and Carlton because those two are dark-skinned. Mm. Um, everyone else is light-skinned in that quite well, light-skinned in that family. When you take a character like Jazz, even though we're supposed to, even though we're supposed to like him, mm. right? He's still a reprobate, and we still got to see him as that, mm, and he's mm. darker skinned. All the people who are seen as thuggish in the show, darker skinned. Not necessarily. Okay. There was one episode. One episode. Just one. <laughs> maybe just the one. The guy from New Jack City did a cameo. Yeah. 
as a basketball player mm-hmm. and him and Will went back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Nino's right-hand man who he kills? Yes, yes. He did a cameo as a basketball player and he was fuggish. Okay. So that's one. That's one, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to think, because if you think what well, Carlton wasn't, he's dark and he wasn't thuggish at all. He wasn't thuggish, but he was buffoon. He was a, he was kind of buffoonish. He was buffoonish, yes. I felt sorry for Carlton, to be honest. Yeah, I think so too. Me I've too. Watched, I've, there's one episode. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> where Carlton actually outcusses Will Smith. Outcusses Will Smith. Because you know Will Smith gets him every single episode. Yeah. There's this one particular episode where throughout the whole episode, Carlton beats him. Really? With two cusses. I was what, like, what episode is this? I wrote it down. Good man. <laughs> You're the first, I'm going to say, you are very, I'm going to give you some flowers, right? Because you are one of the very few guests I have on here who's actually got notes like I have. That's amazing. Like, that's brilliant. I'm just trying to think. I wrote it. Um, episode six, season three. Episode six, season three. It's where the one with a, it's where the one with the ugly girl Mm-hmm. She's not oh, even ugly. That's the one. That's the first episode we see Sherman Helms. Sherman Helms in. Yes. 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 I get it. But carry on. Yeah, yeah I get. So it. in that episode, Carlton cusses Will Smith twice. Mm. Will cusses Carlton once. Ah. Oh, of all right. the episodes I've seen, that's the only episode where Carlton has the upper hand. Because mm. I was watching, I was like, it is funny that he's always cussing him. Yeah. But I was like, it's kind of bullying. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, and I just thought it's not. It didn't add much to the show. No. After a while, I didn't find it funny. No. I mean, I get what you're saying, but Carlton, like, he did occasionally have the moral high... He did occasionally yeah, get yeah. the moral high ground. Like, the episode where he tries to join the Black Fraternity. Yes. And that is... That is probably, for me, one of the most powerful episodes. Yeah. Um, that speech that he gave... Mm. Was Definitely. absolutely absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. For, for not, I can't no, speak. He phenomenal. Got, he got yeah. the moral hair and a few times. Yeah. But just not the cusses. Those yeah. little short little digs. Yeah. That's the only episode I saw when he got him. I mean, there might be others, but that's the only one I saw. Because well, he was used, kind of used the butt of the joke, wasn't he? Yeah. Carlton? And I liked Carlton. <laughs> he's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, he's very he's money he's money motivated and like yeah. he doesn't really have a very he doesn't have a very wide world view, but you don't have to like you know that should be kind of allowed yeah if that makes sense and that's sense. what I liked about his character because every time you see a black character they always have to play a particular stereotype mm. we're tough we're from the streets but Carlton wasn't tough no he was rich he was clever he was born into money born into money and I, I like that yeah and I think that's why I quite like the Hillary, um, Hillary as well that, yeah definitely because she was the dumb blonde but not but not blonde yeah. but not blonde yeah, and they didn't have the hang-up of racism. Yeah. They didn't see it. No. It was like it never existed. And I, I, I honestly, I don't know how true this is, but I honestly believe there are some black people in the world that go through life, mm-hmm. I don't know how they do it, mm-hmm. but racism does not affect them. I can name names if I wanted. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, there's. I just see people who are influential on, who are kind of, who are kind of seeing as the go-tos for kind of not I don't want to say right-wing media because I don't I personally believe there's no such thing as right and left-wing media I think there's the powerful the people in charge and then there's yeah. the rest of us right um who are kind of used for their view for their views if that yeah. makes sense yeah 
who will say to you that racism doesn't really or well they'll downplay it well they'll, they'll say either say racism doesn't exist or they'll downplay it mm. um so yeah they do definitely is it i think racism exist. exists yeah i just think there are some people uh, yeah there's one episode where they were getting stopped by the police and carlton didn't know what to do yeah and i thought <laughs> yeah, yeah why should you know what to do yeah that's it <laughs> He doesn't want to put his hands on the steering wheel. <laughs> he wants to shake the officer's hand. Yes. <laughs> I really like that. It was refreshing. <laughs> well, again, yeah, well, again, that's a thought. Well, it's great that they've been afforded. Well, the writers have been afforded that that ability to show to show black people like that. Yeah. Why do we always have to? They don't have to be poor. Yeah. Because like they, well, they're like you know the Jeffersons or or on Good Times. Mm. They were poor. Fa- they were poor families. Yeah. They were righteous and they were socially conscious, but they were again poor families. Yeah. The only other ones, the only wealthy family that you had, the only wealthy black family you had on TV, up until, other than the fresh, other than the Bankses, were the Cosby, were yeah. the Cosbys. Yeah, even they looked a little bit ghetto. They looked a bit ghetto. I don't know but... the camera. <laughs> <laughs> just that was, bro. That was just a terrible. That was a low budget. That I was what that was. Budget, yeah. <laughs> but now nah, they were a wealthy family because he yeah. was a doctor on the show, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So they were a wealthy. They were a wealthy family. Um, but other than that, they were either, Everyone was living in the ghetto. Yeah. So it's just nice to see normal people. Yeah. I mean, they were rich, but they were just normal people. And I liked it every time the episode started. Mm. You saw a mansion. Yeah. That's it. That's refreshing. Hmm. <laughs> well, they. Well, the thing is, they can't. Well, uh, something that kind of gets missed a lot is that the characters of Vivian and Phil, right? They came from very humble beginnings. Mm. They were not always up until. They were not always in the. Had they didn't always have the status that and, they had that they currently have. And they showed that. Yeah. In that episode where they went back to the ghetto. Yeah. To fix up everything. Mm. And it was not, again, it was refreshing. Yeah. But funny enough, Hillary still had the, even though she was poor, she still had the mindset yeah. of being rich. <laughs> <laughs> that was genius. <laughs> but why would she change? Yeah. Exactly. That's all. She doesn't know any different. Know any, yeah. Whereas, and I think that Phil and uh, Phil and ja, um, Phil and Viv, they have tried to bring the, even though their 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 kids are privileged. Mm. They try to instill the values into their. They try to instill the values yeah. into their children. Yeah, and the mindset. Because mm. they only might. I'm, I want to go Princeton. I want to go Eton. That's the only thing that was on their mind. I mean, even when Hillary got her first mm. job, weather reporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like their mindset was just somewhere else. Whereas if we are in the ghetto, mm. your first job is a restaurant or something. <laughs> Do you think that like um, part of the re well? Part of the reason as to why Phil was probably so hard on Will mm. was that he felt like he didn't want, well, that maybe he saw elements of himself in Will. And if he didn't go the right, the way that he did, that could have caused an issue. I think that. I think, all... I, put, I think I worded that all right. But... <laughs> right. I think you're right. And I also think that, I think um, the dad could see that when you're in the ghetto, mm. You've got a mindset of certain things aren't achievable. Because in one episode, he said to him, Will didn't want to go through doors that have been opened for him. Mm. He wanted to do it all on his own. Yeah. And he had to educate him and say, look, going through a door that's been opened for you doesn't mean you're not a man. Mm. And I think that when you're from the ghetto, you're used to, oh, i got to do this hard 
I got to work hard. I got to start from the bottom. Mm. Like he was installing into him that you don't have to work from the bottom if people if if people can open the door for you. Yeah. Because that's how rich people remain rich. They open doors for their friends and family, mm. and that's what he was doing for him. Because once that door's open, you still got to work hard. That's it. And I think he was just trying to install a different type of mindset into Will's mind, and I think that would have helped him going up in the future. Yeah. Because even if you look at the jobs they got, Hillary went to get a a weather reporter. Yeah. And what was Will's first job? He was working at he was working at a restaurant. At a restaurant. Yeah. It's the mindset. He was working at the pirate themed the restaurant. Pirate, series yeah. series two. Yeah. He didn't even think. No. <laughs> like he could get such an amazing job. Like how Hillary just because Will was the smarter one out of Hillary and Will. Yeah. But somehow Hillary's mindset is I'm not working in a restaurant. Yeah. I gotta get a house with a pool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which will be <laughs> next door. Or extension of the mansion. Well not well, not anymore because Will's move well Will's moved in. Move, yeah. Will moved in. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, Will got a job well, at that point, Will got a job at the student new at the student union. Yeah. Employed by Tyra Banks. That's another good cameo. Again, great cameo and it's yeah. a long standing one as well. Yeah. Like the the women that they get in the show in this show are insane. Like Queen Latifah. Oh, that was a good one. Um, they got Vanessa. They got Vanessa Williams. It's, it's Vanessa Williams who I think it is. Vanessa Williams is she, the light skin girl with the green eyes. Yes, that's the one who was also in Ugly Betty and yeah. other ones. Yeah. No, there was another cameo. Oprah. Oh, that was a good one. That was nice. Yeah. But there was one Fifty Cent's ex-girlfriend. Vivica Fox. Yes. Yes. And she had Will Smith under manners. Yes. Oh, and then Cart. That's another one where Cart got the moral high ground. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. That was one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> oh, Nia Long. She was in there as well. Yes. Uh, for a while. Yeah, for about five, five or six episodes. Yeah. They nearly got married. They did, and then she took off her wig, yeah. and then. <laughs> that's not Nia Long. That was Nia Long. Nah. When in the hurricane. Yeah. That's not Nia Long. Who's that? That's the woman from House Party. That's Nia Long, isn't it? Nah. That's the light-skinned woman who married Martin Lawrence. No, nah, I'm promising. I, I almost guarantee you that was near. That was near. No, it wasn't. Five minutes. All right, go. Cool. Go back to house party. And she took off the wigs, took off the eyelashes. They were stuck in the hurricane. Ah. Uh, That's Martin Lawrence's ex-wife. Oh my gosh. All right. Remember the two girls in house party, the dark-skinned girl and the light-skinned girl. Yeah. It's the light-skinned one. Man. One hundred percent. Wow. My days. Did not know. Yeah. All right. And I swear, I could be wrong. I'm sure she came into another episode of Fresh Bits of Bel-Air as someone else. I'll have to figure that. I'll have to figure that one out. Yeah, we, we've just been given the signal. We've just been given the signal to wrap it up. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but man, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming no worries, on. Man, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Man. Um, look into that camera there and tell the people where they can find you. Oh, just go to my Instagram at comicvic, or go to the Bangers Comedy at bangers comedy or just see me on the circuit hopefully at Voxel comedy clubs <laughs> <laughs> but man, yeah, just see me anyway man i'll put lick it i'll put link to the tickets for oh, thanks, the man. comedy store thing in the description yeah. all right man thanks for coming on no peace uh, that's that oh that was great fun man thank you